Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for Game 4 of the uh, Mavs win against the Phoenix Suns. Um, another good win. Uh, a needed, much-needed win, I, I feel like. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you obviously don't want to go back to Phoenix down 3-1. So, a much-needed win. Um but we'll start there, and then we'll look at, uh, like I said, the uh, other series going on around the NBA. So the Mav game was, uh, to me, a lot like, or Game 4 was a lot like Game 3 was. Um, you know, sort of, even at the beginning, but basically the Mavs would take hold and then lead the rest of the game. I believe uh, somebody had said that they led for 42 minutes, the last 42 minutes of each games, and you know these games are only 48 minutes long. So basically, you're um, you know around the same score for the first eight minutes or six minutes, and then uh, basically the Mavs would take over and win. So they were they were very similar. The Mavs played uh, really good defense. Um, the The difference to me was the contributions like who who was the person that contributed the most you know like game three was uh brunson was the big contributor um but you know game four there was actually uh a couple guys uh brunson got 18 which was really good to see um he was seven for 17 overall one for three on his threes with four rebounds and four assists and you know, he, he was a plus 16. He played really well. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, though, was the guy who really um, showed up. He took 13 shots. 12 of those were three-pointers. And he made eight. And all eight makes were three-pointers. So he scored all of his points on three-pointers. He had eight rebounds, five offensive rebounds, which is crazy. Um, really good to see something like that. Uh, he had a steal and an assist, but, uh, you know, his defense and him and Bullock have really been playing some really good defense and, um, you know, they, they're just, they're the ones kind of leading the charge in that, um, along with Maxi. Maxi had a really good game with 11 points, um, one for three overall on three, didn't shoot a lot, four for seven overall, and... You know, had a couple free throws, had seven rebounds. Two of them were offensive. And he had a block. But, you know, he was a plus 16. Jalen Brunson was a plus 16. And Luka was a plus 14. Luka had 26 points, 11 assists, and seven rebounds. Uh, Luka really struggled from the three-point line. Uh, you know, towards the end of the game, I just I wanted him to take it to the basket. Because I felt like when he would take it to the basket, they couldn't stop him. You know, he was... What was that? Eight for 15 on his twos. You know, that's over 50%. Problem is, he was one for 10 on his threes. And he was seven for eight on his free throws. So, um, you know, Lucas shot the three pointer very poorly, but uh, it didn't hurt them. And, you know, basically, like a guy like Bertans was four for six on his threes. Really shot well. He had 12 points. 
and all the guys that shot well from three sort of made up for Luca's uh, poor shooting because they shot 45% overall. And, you know, Luca shot 10%. So, uh, you know, it, it'd be nice if he'd take the ball to the basket a little bit more. Um, you know, one thing I did notice is that uh, they he got they got a lot of I feel like they got inside a lot because guys had to cover Maxi. You know, Maxi played thirty four minutes. Um, that was good to see. You know, he he's I guess last year he sort of I don't want to say broke down, but. I think they wore him out last year, and I think he came in this year in better shape than he was last year. Not that he was out of shape, but I think he lost weight because I think he wore out last year because they needed him last year against the Clippers, and he, he just was overplayed, and I guess he just wore down. But I, I, I don't think he wanted that to happen this year, and so he seemed like he was in better shape coming into the year. So it's pretty much shown they're in the second round of the playoffs and he's getting 34 minutes a game he doesn't look like he's injured he had that scary fall in one of those early games and he's still out there trucking um so you know maxi him and like i said him and bullock and finney smith kind of lead that defense and uh, you know nilakina when he comes in man he only played eight minutes I, I feel like you could give him more if you wanted and uh it just seems like Nobody scores when Nilakina's is covering them, and then he had a big three-point make. He only took one shot and he made it. Um, he had a couple rebounds. Uh, he, you know, he was a plus four. The only negatives on the team were Bertans, which was surprising because Bertans. It might have been maybe because of the, his second half, because in the first half he couldn't miss. And then Dinwiddie was a minus two. He still scored ten points, but he didn't shoot that great. He shot 50% from three, but he was three for 10 overall. Um, he was, you know, he was okay. He wasn't that, he wasn't terrible. He didn't hurt you, but he wasn't, you know, great. He had four assists and four rebounds. And um, Dwight Powell, man, <laughs> Dwight Powell, boy, he is, he's not, he's having a tough go at it. So, but overall, this was one of those really good team efforts. Um, you know, Bullock only had seven points. Uh, you know, Nilakina, Bullock, and Powell were the only ones that didn't score double figures. Uh, Bullock had seven. You know, Nilakina only took one shot. He only played eight minutes. Powell only played nine. And he had a goose egg. Uh, but, like I said, this, man, Powell is like a, Powell's showing that he's like a regular season player. You put him out there in the regular season, he gives you energy and you know, he can go out there and maybe go up against some backup centers and, you know, score some points, score 10 points, whatever. But, man, these playoff games have just been so rough. I, you know, if if by some miracle Dallas gets past Phoenix and they end up playing a team like Golden State, I, I just, <laughs> I kind of agree. I think about it, I was like, man, I would Powell do against Draymond. You know, Draymond, like I said, Draymond's a guy who basically he wants to defend you in the post and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that you see when, uh, I, I can't remember, what, I, I want to say it was like Luca's rookie year or his second year. I can't remember. 
But I specifically remember seeing these highlights of uh, Warriors Mavs and the Warrior commentators were talking about how Powell was this Warrior killer. You know, every team has that guy that just, you know, there's been so, like Andre Miller just used to kill Dallas. You know, there's some now, obviously, that killed Dallas, but Andre Miller was one of the guys that, if Andre Miller was playing Dallas, he was going to put up 50. And you just knew it. And it just, apparently, Dwight Powell is that against Golden State. So maybe if Dallas can get by Phoenix. That next series, if they play Golden State, that'll be Powell's series. So, uh, I don't know, but like I said, it was a good team win. Uh, the defense is really, you know, I wish they would have played this def- kind of defense or as good a defense in the first two games. I'm worried that, you know, being just home games for Phoenix, they just shot really well, and I... I, I I'm going to hate to see them go back to shooting very well back at home. Uh, you know, they shot 30, 36% from three, which isn't terrible. It's not that bad. But, uh, you know, I think in the first two games they shot a lot better. Uh, you know, they got, you know, Paul fouled out um, and only scored five. I know a lot of people were complaining about some of the flopping and... Um, just, uh, I guess people are people are always looking for a reason to knock on Luca. You know, there's always something. If it's not this, it's that, right? But let me just say this: I, I think I felt like in the first two games, Phoenix was just flopping all over the place, and I think Dallas decided, look, we can either play the right way, not flop and lose, but nobody's going to come out and say, oh. You know, they didn't win the series, but they played the right way. That's not, nobody's going to say that, right? Or they could just try to beat Phoenix at their own game. You know, they're going to flop, you flop. And, you know, it's, if they've got the advantage flopping, you've got to, you've got to equal that out. And, you know, Richard Jefferson mentioned it. He's, you know, called the game. He, Talking about how Luca's taking some pointers from Chris Paul, right? Because everybody knows Chris Paul is the master flopper. You know, he tried to draw a foul on Brunson, and luckily they called it offensive. I was shocked they called it offensive. But, you know, there was a, I guess, a, I think it was game two where Brunson had the ball, and he grabbed Brunson's arm and then jumped away, pulling Brunson's arm, and it was a foul on Brunson. I was like, what are you, what did you watch? You know, it was just. You just wonder what you're watching, and it's just flopping. And when he ran in front of Brunson and just stopped, you know, that's just it's it's not basketball. You know that that was something they were told we were told was coming out of basketball. And I'm glad they called the offensive foul. You know, they really at the start of the year they were real strict about not calling that. You know, the offensive player initiating the contact. You know, they weren't giving those guys the fouls anymore. You know, one thing I haven't seen Luca do all year is pump fake a three and then jump into the guy. He didn't he hadn't done it all year because they took that out, right? Well, I felt like halfway through the season they kind of bailed on that. And you started seeing all the the garbage calls again. You know, when you watch Philly, man, it's just they're so hard to watch. And we'll get into them later, but 
they're so hard to watch because it's just arms flying everywhere. You know, the offensive players, all you know, James Harden's always initiating the contact. And they just, he was, you know, at the beginning of the year, they weren't giving him the fouls. But all of a sudden, at the end of the year, he's getting them. And I was worried they were going to call that on Brunson. I was glad they called it on Paul because you just, it's not basketball, man. And you can't tell me, like, you know, when I'm watching a Mavs game, and I'm rooting for the Mavs, and one of the Mavs players do something dumb like that, I'll call him out on it. I don't care. You know, it's like, what are you doing? But I promise you, Phoenix Suns fans were so mad they called that foul on Paul. You know, like, oh, Brunson, you know, fell on him, knocked him over. It's like, no, man, that's not basketball. It's not. It needs to be taken out of the game. And so, you know, I, for me, these games are called pretty evenly. I think, I do feel like the advantage goes to to Phoenix a lot. Um. You know, they actually called four more fouls on Phoenix than they did Dallas. But the biggest, you know, one was Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul had six fouls. Nobody had five. Everybody had four less, you know, including, you know, I'm going Mavericks and Phoenix Suns players. So it's just, it's one of those things where if, if they could call it even, then I, I think Dallas has a chance. Uh, you know, if they if they start falling for these flops, um, unless Dallas comes back with some flops, then you know it's it's going to be tough. But one of the things I think Dallas needs to do, I guess Tuesday um, is the the their next game. I am recording this on Monday evening. Uh, the Boston Milwaukee game is on currently right now. It's in the second quarter, but. Uh, the next game is Tuesday, game five in Phoenix. And, you know, if they're, if Bullock and Finney Smith, and even if you want to say, you know, Maxi and Bertans, if those guys can hit some more threes, Dallas has a chance. If, if those guys are missing, it's going to be tough for them, you know. Uh, some people were debating on what you should do. Should you allow Luca to score 50? And just stop the other guys. Um, some people don't like that because they still think that one guy can beat you. Um, you know, maybe you know Luca still is able to get people shots. These these players, they're human. You know, some guys they sag into the paint because they think they're gonna get you know, their hand in to knock the ball away because as a defender, you know, a guy like Crowder or Bridges, you know, as defenders, their instinct is to try and stop, right? They, you know, if if they get a switch and Luca's posting up Chris Paul, they're not going to let Luca just have that post up. Their instinct is to go in there and try and knock the ball away, you know? Aiden's instinct is to go in there and try to block the shot. And if, you know, Maxie's in the game playing center or Bertans is in the, in the game playing center, you know, they're going to be on the three-point line and they're going to get an open shot. So even if you want to give Dow, even if you want to give Luke a 50 and try and shut down the other guys, 
the, their instinct is still going to be leave some guys open. It's just you, those guys have to take advantage and hit the shots. Um, you know, I it's there's a lot of a lot of uh, talk about Luca in the national media um, since they're in the second round. They're up against Phoenix. I feel like a lot of it's um, negative. Um, there are some guys that are positive, like Richard Jefferson. Seemed to be very complimentary of Luca. Uh, he was a much better listen than Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was just awful. I know we're probably going to get. I'm hoping we get ESPN tomorrow just so we don't have um, Reggie because I think Reggie's a TNT guy and the games are on TNT now. Um, it does say the game is tomorrow on TNT, so we probably are getting Reggie Miller. Uh, so, you know, Richard Jefferson was complimentary about Luca, And, you know, but Reggie Miller, he just, he doesn't like him. I, I think it's, I think some guys get, they're jealous of some of the new players coming in and sort of stealing their thunder, you know. It's, I, I feel like they're scared they're going to get bumped. You know, nobody, it's like when you, when you've, end your career, you know, third in scoring. And all of a sudden, you know, 10 years later, you're fifth. You know, those, even though those guys don't want to admit it, they don't like it. And I, I feel like some guys feel threatened about that. Um, some guys, I feel like, you know, they were just role players, and they're jealous because there's a lot of really good basketball players in today's NBA, and they're successful and you know those role players are role players they you know it's hard to you know these guys they go through high school they're probably the best player on their high school team they go to college they're probably the one or two best players on their college team and all of a sudden they're in the NBA and they're just a role player and they just some they can't deal with that you know yeah they'll have a 10 year career but at the end of the day they just they felt like they were stars because for the first you know 8 years of their life basketball life they were stars now all of a sudden they're just a role player and then you got these new guys coming in who are stars and they just they feel like they're just getting bumped further down the list so i don't know what it is but a lot of old guys they just they talk a lot of trash there's a lot of them that like i said are very complimentary of luca uh, gilbert arenas is one he's very complimentary of luca but one of the things they talk about is how to guard luca how to play with luca and I just think it's a bunch of garbage when I listen to it. I, I, I guess um, I listen to J.J. Redick and Tim Legler talking about playing with Luca and how, you know, how to build around Luca. And, you know, and they're like, well, he holds the ball. He has the ball for so long. You know, how do you put a player next to him? I was like, it's easy. You just put a player next to him. The fact is, is he has the ball so much because there's nobody else who can do it. You know, Jalen Brunson has had a, you know, good season, sort of a coming out party. But, you know, it's he's still not um, probably an all-star caliber player. I, I don't think he'll ever make an all-star team in his career, honestly. Um, that's not like a dig at him. I just think there's like the top of the top point guards. And he's, you know, he's probably 10th. 
if you're going to rank. You know, he's not in the top four. So it's it would be tough for him to ever even make an all-star. And he's also, another thing, it's, I just think if you were to put a wing out there who, and and I don't even know who that is, because there's no other, I don't think there's any wings available, like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not coming to Dallas, you know. You know, Kevin Durant's not coming to Dallas. So I, I don't know any other, like, all-star caliber wing players available but if for example you did get Durant in Dallas I don't think there would be any problem with Luca playing with Durant right I, I just don't think that'd be an issue I, I they would figure it out you know it's the coach's job to drop the offense and they would just do it um, the only thing I could see Dallas getting where you're getting an all-star caliber player Next to Luca is a big um, Rudy Gobert, for instance. You know, Rudy Gobert isn't a guy who's going to handle the ball, right? No bigs are. Bigs aren't going to handle the ball except Jokic. Jokic is the only one that handles the ball. Even if he played with Embiid, Luca would still handle the ball and he would pass it to Embiid, and then Embiid would do what he does. But Luca's still going to handle the ball, just like James Harden handles the ball in Philly. So. If he played with Gobert, Gobert would get his uh, points. He would Gobert would probably average 18 points a game, I think, in Dallas because Luca always finds the big under the goal because he always has bigs trying to come out and guard them. He always gets the big to switch on them. And, you know, Dwight Powell has made an NBA. I mean, Dwight Powell, of all people, has made a good NBA or a – I don't want to say good, but he's been in the NBA. He averaged like 10 points a game or something like that. Eight points, 10 points, whatever, with Luka. And you saw what how he played without Luka. Now, obviously, he's struggling with Luka in Phoenix, but, uh, you know, that's a different story. But, I mean, even you take, you know, DeAndre Ayton. I, you know, I'm seeing stories that are hearing things that, are really weird when it comes to Aiton. Some people, some people don't think Aiton's worth the max extension, and I find that strange. Um, the only thing I can think, I you know, they want Aiton to do more in the offense, but I it's when I watch their offense, I feel like you know it's either. You know, Chris Paul, you know, trying to get his shot, and if he's not, he, he maybe he's setting eight and up for one. Or, you know, Devin Booker, who is going to take a shot. You know, Devin Booker is, I don't want to say a ball stopper, but Devin Booker's more of a scorer than he is a facilitator. You know, that's why he didn't make the playoffs the first five years of his career. He wasn't facilitating the ball. If Devin Booker got the ball, he was probably shooting, you know. And that's great, but... You're not making your team better. So, you know, Aiton is playing with two All-Stars, and he's sort of the third man out, you know. If by some, like, miracle, um, Dallas was able to pick up Aiton, 
and you know bring him in as a starting center, he would average over 20 points a game because at this point he's the second option. You know, he could do the pick and roll with Luca, but then they would just post him up. You know, they would run an offense that would involve Aiton, and that just wouldn't be a big deal. Um, you know, I just I think it's sort of silly to have your and this is probably gonna sound odd because you know Phoenix's best players technically are two guards. You know, I guess Booker's a guard. Um, but Booker's a Booker's more of a scorer. He's not a facilitator. But I just feel like you know the Brunson plays sort of like Luca, except Luca sort of gets more guys involved. But Brunson's not the scorer that say Booker is because Brunson doesn't have the size. So I, you know when I see Luca. And Brunson, I, I think they share the ball enough. I, I just I think it's silly to say Luca can't play with another star player. I just don't know what star player you're bringing in. Uh, you know, if you're gonna bring in a star player, you're probably having to move on from Brunson because you don't have the money to bring in a star player. Uh, you know, so it, it's I just think this it's silly when people say they're going to have a hard time bringing somebody in to play with Luca. I, I just think that's nonsense. That's malarkey. And, you know, guys like to say things like that for shock jock type, you know, thing. And I, I'm just not a shock jock. Um, you know, I, I, these are professionals. You know, Luca played with, Luca played with uh, Goran Dragic when he was younger. And he still played the same kind of basketball. He played off the ball. It's just the the offense they designed. And to say that the Mavs coaches couldn't come up with an offense to have two guys, two all-stars on the team is dumb. So that's just how I feel about that. I, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't know who Dallas could bring in in the offseason other than Gobert or Aiton. To me, those are the two guys who are most available. Gobert being, to me, more available than Aiton, you know, with the story about Gobert being a him or me type situation where it's like, you're either going to trade Mitchell or you're going to trade me. So I figure Gobert will be available. Um, I don't see anybody, you know, Aiton, like I said, I, I hear people saying that they don't think Aiton's worth the max because he's not really doing enough in this series. You know, he's playing against Dwight Powell and then Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock, you know, they're not, and Bertans and even Maxi, but, you know, they're not giving enough credit for Maxi for defending. So, I, you know, I think Aiton can be a great player. I think he is a great player. I just think he's on a team where, you know, you got catch-and-shoot guys like Crowder and Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, and when... You know they're trying to cover Booker. There's usually a guy out on the wing open for three, and they're going to take that shot. You know, if you're going to post up eight, and you're going to slow down. And I don't know if the Suns are a slow team. I don't think they're much of a slow team. Now Dallas is a slow team, so they could post up eight, and if they wanted, you know, Dallas wants to beat you, 101 to 94. You know that's the game they want to play. So, like I said, I think eight on Dallas would be awesome. So, uh, you know, like I said if he's available. 
and Phoenix wants to dump them and try their luck with McGee and Biombo at the five to save money, then let's figure that out. So as far as the other um, series involved, uh, Philly was able to tie the series at two against Miami. They did what they had to do. MB played. They won their home games. Miami, they're... Man, I don't know if Miami's going to win that series. They just... Sometimes they just look lost. They can't score. Uh, you know, it, it's... It's kind of funny to watch when... it, Like, Duncan Robinson's getting, like, zero playing time. And... I don't know if it's because they're worried about his defense or lack of defense, but you know they did. I guess they did score 108 yesterday, but you know they had to get 40 from Butler to do it. But they gave up 116, and you know if you're having a trouble scoring the ball, you know Bam got 21. And Oladipo got 15, but he was a minus 12. Uh, he was one for five from three. Tyler Hero had 11. He was also one for five for three. You know, Tyler Hero's not exactly lining it up either. But, you know, Gabe Vincent, man, I just... Seeing Gabe Vincent get these minutes, you know, he was 0 for 4 from three with two points. It's like, man, you have one of the best shooters in the league sitting on the bench. And I, I don't know. I it just... it's. Maybe maybe there's something about it I don't know about Kyle Lowry stunk. That's another uh, that's another thing I uh, you know I I don't normally say I was right about you know I don't toot my own horn, but I just wanted nothing to do with Kyle Lowry at the beginning of the, you know in the free agency I said it back then. I just thought Kyle Lowry was way past his prime, and to pay Kyle Lowry thirty million dollars a year I thought was stupid, and I'm so glad Dallas didn't end up with him. I I would much rather have. Dinwiddie at this point. You know, Dinwiddie may not show up some games. He may get six points like Kyle Lowry had. But you know what? You're not paying him $30 million a year. You know, he's only making like 18 or 16 or something like that. And Dinwiddie's, he's probably not the defender Lowry has the reputation of being, but Lowry's getting old. He's not the defender he used to be. Lowry's got a lot of minutes. You got to remember, when he was with Toronto, they were in the playoffs every year, and I don't. They wouldn't have like long playoff runs, but they were usually in the second round because they finished, you know, top two seeds. They they finished at the top. They'd always win their first round. They'd lose the second round to Cleveland. You know, that's sort of how it went. But you know, then he's he comes to Miami and he's just he's like thirty five. And to pay him $30 million, I just want to know part of that. And he's been hurt. He was 0 for 6 on his threes. You know, he had 7 assists. That's great. But I just, man, I wanted nothing to do with Kyle Lowry in the offseason. I'm glad it didn't work out for Dallas in that. I'd rather have Bullock. I'd rather have Brunson starting alongside Luka. And I'd rather have Dinwiddie coming off the bench. And not wasting all that money on Lowry. So... Uh, you know, they're, Miami might be in trouble if they can't figure out how to score um, and stop Philly at the same time. So that that's something to sort of 
that's something that's going to flip what, you know, I sort of thought, um, I sort of thought Miami could win that series, but man, they, they really look sort of lost against Philly. Maybe it's a bad matchup. Uh, you know, Embiid had 24, but Harden had 31. Um, Danny Green's a guy who's really been shooting the ball well uh, the last couple games. He was three for four on his threes yesterday, and you know, I it was only uh, 11 points, which is it's good. 11 points is good, but um, you know, Tobias Harris had 13 points. That's another bad contract, but uh, you know, he can contribute. Uh, Maxi is a guy that they can't seem to stop. I guess they don't have enough defenders. I, I don't know. But, man, Miami is really struggling with this team. And I guess it's going to be Philly up against, you know, at this point I think Philly wins the series. Uh, if they continue to play how they're playing, if both teams are healthy, like both teams are healthy, if both teams are healthy, I I think Philly wins this. I It's just I can't believe sort of the collapse Miami's been on. So, uh, you know, Boston Milwaukee's playing right now. That series is two to one. Um, seems like forever since they've played. But uh, you know, Boston is up right now by three, but it's still in the second quarter. This will be an interesting you know, what was it, Saturday night they played and you know, Milwaukee won with, I guess, a little bit of controversy. Uh, I guess the NBA came out and said the play was correct, and a lot of Celtics fans th- felt it wasn't. They felt that Marcus Smart should have gotten three free throws. They thought he was fouled on a three-point shot. But I, one thing I will say is they know when it, it's uh, – referees anticipate a lot. It, it can be very frustrating Right, they sometimes they'll anticipate a travel and they'll call traveling, and you'll go back and you'll watch the replay, and it wasn't traveling, but they've already called it, so you can't really do anything about it. A lot of times they anticipate, and so they know that a guy is going to try and basically pick up the ball and try and launch a three and draw a foul. If they think the if they think the defender is going to foul him they're going to go ahead and call the foul on the floor, you know, because that was the whole plan. You know, they're, they, he went for the ball, I think the steal of the ball, and, you know, Marcus Smart actually just acted like he was going to shoot it right there. He, he wasn't set in a shot at shooting motion. He was moving. Um, a lot of people, like I say, want to argue that he, or I guess a lot of Celtics fans want to argue that he was shooting the ball. My argument is he's moving still, and he's trying to pick up the ball and shoot it. And they never give you that call. They, they've they never given anybody that call because they're anticipating a foul. And they did call a foul on the floor, and they only gave him two free throws. Now he missed the second one on purpose and got the rebound back. And they had a chance to win. Horford made a shot, but it was taken after the buzzard. So... Boston loses that game. I felt it was a game they sort of needed. Now, all, they still have a chance to win this one. They they need to come back and win one in Milwaukee. At least one because, you know, Milwaukee won one in Boston. 
And doing that, you know, Milwaukee's tries to get just trying to get out of there in six games as opposed to seven. Uh, they don't want to go back to Boston for a game seven. That's always tough to win one on the road. That's what I'd like to see. It'd be cool if Dallas could win the next two. But, you know, Milwaukee is still, man, Milwaukee not having Middleton makes this series a bit different. Now, Robert Williams isn't playing today, but I think Middleton's more important to Milwaukee than Boston, or Robert Williams is to Boston. So, I... I you know Milwaukee man this is a tough series I I just I don't know who's gonna win it you know I feel like the Golden State Memphis to me is easier to predict I think Golden State's gonna win it they're gonna win it running away Memphis sort of isn't ready for a team like Golden State Golden State's a really good team and I just think Golden State's going to the Western Conference Finals and we'll see you know where they go from there but the Boston Milwaukee is gonna be tough I think that team. The winner of that series goes to the finals, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, in other news, uh, I guess the rumor has it that Jokic is going to win the MVP. It hadn't been announced. It's just been a rumor. Um, somebody leaked it or whatever. A lot of people are annoyed by that. Uh, I I don't know. I I I think Jokic deserved it. If you're going to vote for MVP for what it is, and that's most valuable player, I think at one point somebody was trying to make an argument they need to have an MVP award and then they need to have a best player award. Because when I, people were arguing for Giannis. Now, to me, Embiid has a better argument than Giannis. Um, Giannis is my favorite non math player, right? So. I'm a huge fan of Giannis. And I just felt like, you know, Giannis is playing with two All-Stars, and I can't remember if Brooke Lopez has ever made an All-Star team or not. I think he has or whatever. But if not, you know, Brooke Lopez is still a very good player, and I know he missed most of the year. But at the end of the day, you know, there was always an All-Star on the floor, you know. If Giannis was playing, if if Middleton wasn't playing, then Drew Holiday was. If Drew Holiday wasn't playing, then Middleton was. You know, he always had his second All Star on the floor. And Embiid, like I said, has a to me a bit better argument in that he didn't have one at the beginning of the year. A second All Star on the floor, he was playing with just guys. And to carry them to the wins they did, I thought, you know, obviously he was doing a lot. He was a big part of them winning. You know, in the second part of the year, after the trade deadline, they got Harden. How much did Harden contribute? I don't know. But, man, when I look at, when I'm comparing, like, talent between even Philly and and Denver, man, I don't even know who Denver's second best player this year was. Was it Will Barton? Was it Aaron Gordon? I mean, these are guys who, you know, Aaron Gordon's a guy who's not going to show up like and score 20 a night. Aaron Gordon's lucky if he can average 10. I, I don't even know what Aaron Gordon averaged. You know, Will Barton can't stay healthy, so you can't say he's your second best player because he doesn't play half the games. You know, 
Bones Highland, he's a rookie, you know. Who's their second best player? And for Denver to get as far as they did with the roster they had, I I just thought was impressive, you know. And to me, I think of MVP as the most valuable. You know, the year Russell Westbrook won it, I thought he deserved it, honestly, because I thought that was a lottery team. And they made it to the playoffs. And he, you know, I know they say, oh, he hunted stats or whatever, but, man, that was a bad team. And they made it to the playoffs. And he was the most valuable player. Because if you take Russell Westbrook, if you took Russell Westbrook off that OKC team, they were probably going to get the first pick in the draft. And, you know, a lot of people complain that, I guess somebody made the comment that, you know, the MVP award is poorly voted on or something when Jokic and Nash have two and Kobe and Durant have one. But in all fairness, those guys were always playing with all-stars, right? The only time Kobe wasn't playing with an all-star was the time between Shaq and Gasol. Other than that, it was only like a year or two. Other than that, he always had a second all-star on the floor. You know, Kevin Durant, when he was in Oklahoma City, he had all-stars on the floor. When he, Obviously, when he was in Golden State, that you're not going to win an MVP on Golden State with three all-stars. you got four all-stars on one team. You're not winning MVP. It's the argument I had for you know, when people complain that LeBron had. LeBron's been on super teams his whole career, or half of his career. You're not going to vote because if LeBron misses a game, there's a good chance Miami was still going to win because they still had Wade and Bosh, you know? It's hard to win an MVP when there's another all-star out there on the floor who can score 25 a night. Jokic didn't have that. You know, last year, Jokic had it for most of the year. You know, he had uh, Jamal Murray for most of the year last year, but he did get hurt um, towards the end of the year. So, I just, you know, to me, I thought Luka had a better MVP case than Giannis. I think... I think Dallas won more games than Milwaukee. If I'm not, if I'm correct, I, I have to let me. I can look real quick. But you know, Dallas, Milwaukee went fifty-one and thirty-one. Dallas went fifty-two and thirty. So Dallas won more games than Milwaukee. How many All Stars are on Dallas's team? You know, <laughs> they got Luca. That's it. I thought Luca had a better argument for MVP than Giannis. Like I said, MV, uh, Embiid. Had a better argument than Giannis. As far as like Tatum and Booker, man, those guys are playing with all-stars. I'm sorry, they are. And if you're going to say most valuable player, you're going to give it to the guy who's most valuable to his team. Now, if you want to have a best player award and you want to give that to Giannis, let's do it. Who's the best player in the league this year? Let's have that award. Let's call it the Michael Jordan Award. That would be great. Have a Michael Jordan Award and give it out to the best player. Who's the best player? But then give an MVP to the guy who's most valuable to his team. You know, I you couldn't give it. To, you look, you go down the list. You like Phoenix. You know, they had two All Star. I don't know if Aiden's made an All Star team. I don't think he has, but he's a borderline All Star if you ask me. You look at Memphis. They were twenty and two, or 
Yeah, 20 and 2 without Jaw. He's not the MVP. You know, Golden State had, again, three All Stars, four All Stars on their team. They have Andrew Wiggins. Who are you going to give that to? You know, Utah had two All Stars. Uh, Minnesota, once you get down to Minnesota, you've got 46 wins. All of a sudden, you're not going to give it to anybody on Minnesota before you give it to Luka or Jokic. So, when you go into the East, you got Miami. Again, you have several All-Stars on that team. Boston, you got several All-Stars. Milwaukee. Um, Like I said, when you get to Embiid, I I think Embiid had a good argument, even though he's annoying to watch. And I I still think it's Jokic. I I still think Jokic should have won it. So... But to me, Embiid and Luka have a better argument than Giannis. And then for Toronto, you know, you start getting down and wins, 48 wins. Um, I don't think anybody fifth and down in the East has an argument to win an MVP. So, I don't know. To me, it was either Jokic, Luka, or Embiid. Uh, And everybody else, I'm sorry. You've got all-stars on your team. So, that's my rant on that um anyhow i am probably going to end it there i will uh, the next game is tuesday so i'll probably do a pot on wednesday and then uh, the game after that is on thursday i i think it's thursday i won't be able to do a pot after that game i am busy after that I think the if there is a game seven it will happen before I'm able to make a pod so I'll do a pod on Wednesday and then after that it'll the series will be over before I will make a be able to make another pod so uh, but we'll talk about that we'll talk about the next game obviously first on the next pod and then we'll go over the series on the one after but uh, even you know whether the Mavs advance or don't advance I'll still keep these pods going uh until you know obviously in the summertime they'll slow down a little but i'll still keep them going for the playoffs and uh trying to do one a couple times a week but uh <coughs> um, anyhow if you would like to follow me on twitter you can at the mavs outsider um if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast maybe leave a comment thumbs up whatever they allow you to do five stars um, that would be great. It would help. Helps algorithms. Help people look. You know, if somebody's looking for a Mavs pod and they want to listen to, you know, the the more you know, higher ratings you get, the more it's gonna go. Uh, you know, find ones that are rated higher for people to listen to. But uh, anyhow, uh, that's all for today. But uh, until next time, we'll see you later.